This is Earbender, where we have amazing people bend our ears and unpack one tale that will live in the internet history books for all time, because everyone has one great story. This is Earbender, and I'm your host, Alexi, and kind of your guest. This episode is going to play a little different. I've gotten a bunch of messages from listeners asking me to tell my own story. I think part of them are genuinely curious about me. I think the other sneaky part are wondering, testing me, if you will. I keep saying everyone has one great story, which means I should too. But that's why I look to you. I want better stories than what I have. Time and time again, my guests have given me wonderful, compelling stories that are unique, informative, and truly entertaining. If you think you have a perfect story for Earbender, be sure to email me at aleximusic at gmail.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-M-U-Z-I-C at gmail.com. You doing that for me will truly help me out. I don't think everyone has one great story. I think we have many of them. I think we have several. Several a year. Sometimes it's hard to identify when they cross your path. But now that the seed is planted into your head, start looking at the world differently. Start investigating your life a little more, recognizing the chain reactions that are happening around you, the interesting, fun, entertaining stuff that leads you to some unique something. All right, I'll get off my soapbox, but I'll be expecting your story in my electronic mail soon. So, I'm going to talk to you about a couple things that are on my mind, and then I'm going to tell you a little story if that's okay with you. I get a lot of people asking me about the Smule app and how to be heard, noticed, listened to, sung with in this community. Smule is an app where you get to sing popular songs with people from all over the world. I've been on Smule for nine years now, if you can believe it. I think a lot of these thoughts will translate to all social media across the board, but right now I'm going to talk in the parameters of Smule. I know. You're not looking to be Smule famous or get like 100,000 followers. We sing because we love it. It's a release and it's our art. Yeah, on a basic level, we can be trees falling in a forest and if no one's there, we should be okay with that. But then we could just record ourselves on our camera or put everything on private. Smule wouldn't be particularly necessary. Even though we don't need validation for the music we make, we still want to be heard. So that being said, Smulers come to me all the time. Why don't people listen to me? Why don't people sing with me? And I believe a great way of getting more of that and making relationships with your fellow Smulers. Let's break it down. I've got a checklist right now of like seven things. So hear me out. Number one, using video. It's proven time and time again, you form a better bond on social media with video. If you're well lit, people can see you the quicker, the tighter, the faster the bond. Number two, I want you to be active. Open a song once a week. Minimum, minimum. Community members want to count on you. They want you to be there for them. To be consistently available to people that want to join your songs can be very valuable to Smulers. Open a song once a week. Number three, are you singing with other people? You want people to sing with you. You have to sing with them. You know what I mean? That just makes sense. That's just, you know, the common knowledge. That's just the golden rule, right? Number four, comment when you join someone else's song. Why are you waiting for them to comment first? Are you trying to play it cool? The Smuler that opened this song might have been busy that day. And this is a super great reminder for something they wanted to be a part of in the first place. Give them another opportunity to see that you care. 
build that bond. So number five, you open up a join once a week, good for you. And now you're saying no one's actually singing with you on your song. Well, you don't mean no one. Well, there's like one or two people joining you. What are you doing for those people? Are you listening to their song? I hope you're listening to it. I hope you're commenting back on it. You know, if you're not even commenting back on it because you feel that you didn't get enough, I've seen that so many times. I can't express to you enough how many times that's happened where someone says, no one's joining my stuff. I don't know what's going on. And then you you check it and they have two people that joined them. And then you look and they haven't commented one thing. Okay, you comment. What did you comment? Did you just say thank you for singing with me? That's very nice of you. That's polite, but are we building a relationship? Thank you is what you say to someone that holds open a door for you when you go to the Olive Garden. Listen to that song. Find the points in it that make you the happiest, that you think would make them the happiest. Find the points that they put the extra effort in. And that should make you happy. It would make me happy. And that goes for number four as well. Are you going to say thank you for opening this join? Yeah, that's very nice of you. But you could also be super unique with your comment and talk about the song and talk about what they did for the song and what you brought to the song and what you guys did together for the song in a real way that is a comment that you just can't pass up. It's a comment that you have to go back to and look at again. Talk to them like they're a human being. Number six, and this is a weird one, it's song popularity. You know... If you go with these obscure songs that only you know about, these jazz standards that nobody knows, these um, pop songs from the 90s or 80s that only a handful of people know, that's perfectly fine. I'm totally fine with you doing that. You want to make the music that you want to make. But understand, this is going to be a harder niche to cultivate, but not impossible at all. If you decide to do like Disney songs or trending Smule songs, something from like Smule Global, you know, anything that usually people do on Smule Global happen to be the trending songs and you do that, you'll probably get a couple more joins than you would if you did your uh, niche song that you love so much. I'm not saying to not do your song. I say do your song, but just know it's going to take a little more time to find your crew, to find your tribe. You know what I mean? So that one's perfectly fine. You know, song popularity, just be aware of it. Lastly, number seven, and it's joining groups and being active in those groups. So joining a group is perfectly fine, but you got to be active in that group and do the same thing that I'm asking you to do one through six in this group. But it's like a triple cheat mode because you aren't focusing on 20 million subscribers, but it's a group that's usually under a hundred people that yearn for community. And if you don't want to join a group on Smule, that's perfectly fine. Join Syntopia on Facebook. They have weekly challenges and activities throughout the year. If you join the activities, you could join it. If you don't want to join the activities, you don't have to. But getting to know these people is Smule gold because they probably care about a lot of the same things you do and want to listen to you just as much as you want to listen to them. But bottom line is this. You don't need to do any of this to be on Smule. You don't need to do any of this to be able to sing or make art. Smule is a wonderful app with an amazing community of people that support each other. It's a social media with some of the lowest amount of trolls. The more you're active on Smule, the more bounty your experiences. The more you learn about Smulers and other musicians on Earbender, the more rich your experience in the community becomes. If you do these seven things, I'm not just saying you're going to have a more fun time, but more people are going to listen to you and more people are going to sing with you. There is no way around this. Thanks for listening to my rant. Before I tell my story, make sure to go to my Patreon page for extras from this podcast, probably some pictures of young Alexi to give you visual aid to my story. And you can listen to my music on Spotify at Alexi Music, A-L-E-X-I-M-U-Z-I-C. And be sure to subscribe to Earbender. It helps so much to get this podcast the ear holes it needs. 
Is there a better way of saying that than ear holes? I don't know. Where does it smell like vomit and B.O. and everyone likes to go? I guess it could be every live sporting game in the history of ever, but I'm talking about laser tag. I had a sleepover birthday every year as a kid. I needed to invite six friends so we'd have even teams. My brother and I would round it out to about eight people. I didn't have six friends at one time ever. Part of school was to learn, I guess, but the other 50% was to make enough friends for my birthday. Now, I wouldn't have to make six solid friends. I just needed four fringe friends that I knew well enough to say yes to a party for me to celebrate me. Oh boy. I have a few things going against me. I always say in my social media bios that I'm a giant sweaty Greek from Chicago, which is always true. I was freakishly tall in fourth grade with giant glasses, a mullet, and softy pants. Softy pants, you say? This is what my family called my primary blue sweatpants that I would wear almost every day. Sometimes when I would tear through them, you know, we went through so many primary blue softy pants that we had to put like blue patches over the softy pants, like on the knees and whatever. When I was four, I tried jeans on, but I didn't like them. So I fell back to old trusty softy pants. Okay. Set that scene. When I say freakishly tall, I never had a growth spurt. I was just always taller than everyone. My shoe size would grow with my height. Five years old, size five. Six years old, size six. And you know, so on. I just moved to a new school in fourth grade. And when a giant sweaty Lexi wheezes over to you with his inhaler and just says, hi, you know, hi, it could be pretty intimidating. But that being said, there were some nice souls that were willing to see past that and talk to me. But I also had my trump card. I was inviting them to laser tag. Uh, and it worked. I was able to find five guys and my super smart buddy for my old school, Doug. Even grownups were impressed by his brain, so I was ecstatic that he wanted to hang out with me. Okay, so now it's my birthday, and this wasn't a sweet, sweet laser arena or a coliseum of the gods or anything like that. This was a rundown strip mall that had like a home video rental shop next door. <laughs> There's no like lit up sign or anything like that. And the sign just said a laser zone in the window. I don't know if you've ever been to a laser tag place recently. But you might as well be on the set of Tron. There's LED lights everywhere with like literal lasers coming out of guns, like a laser pointer laser, but still it's really cool. But you have all these stats that you could get on your gun and you could get it on your smartphone. And at the end, they'll print up a stat sheet for you. I don't know. That seems like really cool. In the arena, anyone can go anywhere. You just like all up in everyone's business. It's pretty cool. Fourth grade Lexi would be salivating at the prospect of this right now. But, but, but what, what I did do was go to laser zone. It was different. It had heavy duty cardboard barriers and the guns were just flashlights. There were black lights everywhere with like red and green day glow tape. It's like a child smelly, sweaty rave. The biggest difference at laser zone is the green team had to stay on the green side. The red team had to stay on the red side. You know what I mean? The technology wasn't there to just run anywhere you want to. So at the time, the birthday budget didn't let us rent out the entire room, so we had to play with plebeians that wanted to come for an hour or two off the street, which now thinking about it kind of blows my mind that a couple people would pop into Laser Zone on a Friday night like it's a basketball court and just two buddies shooting at each other, hoping other people would show up. I don't get it. It's like when you play those water squirting carnival race games. Do you know what I'm talking about? And no one else turns up to play against you. And so the carny reluctantly gives you a stuffed animal after just doing like a play by play for the one sad horse that's jostling to the finish line, you know? So playing with other people is great because it made me feel like 20 people were there for my birthday. More smiles, more hugs, more fun. 
We've played like two or three games and I'm in a giant sweat having the time of my life. Strangers are coming and going whenever their hour is up, but my party is in the thick of it every time. Half of my friends are on one side, the other half are on the other side for bragging rights. I'm on the green team and we're making a killing. My flashlight gun has a mind of its own and I'm the loudest laughing stealth sniper you've ever seen, heard, smelled. (laughs) That's me. I feel like I had a deeper voice when I was a kid. Maybe for a kid, I had a deeper voice. Who knows? There's this lady on the red side that's definitely over 18, but she might as well be 40 to me. She's old. She's not behind any barriers. She really doesn't know how to use her flashlight gun particularly well, and I'm having a field day with her. I'm shooting her in all the light sensors, and she starts yelling, stop shooting me. And I'm like, I don't stop, but I slow down from like, choo, 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 to like, but choo. I'm not crazy, but I'm also trying to listen to her story. You know, look at me, fourth grade and already willing to get my ear bent. She just said it again. Hey, stop shooting me. And now I'm just moving right up to her and unloading all my flashlight firepower. She sees me. I see her. I mean, she kind of took the fun out of it, right? No ducking, no dodging. She's not retreating, regrouping. She's doing nothing but standing there annoyed and frustrated. And to be honest, what is a 20-something doing playing cops and robbers in a children's Petri dish without even being paid for babysitting? Needless to say, the green team, my team, is winning by a lot. It's like shooting fish in a barrel if the fish were sharks with lasers, you know? So I like fair competition, and I probably felt somewhere in my overbloated head that I was the X factor in getting the green team on top, so I switched teams. To switch from the green team to the red team is very easy. You just walk out like you're going to the bathroom and you return on the red team side. P.S. It's pretty invigorating to go to the urinal with all your laser tag accoutrement strapped to you. (laughs) Anyways, I get right to pledging my undying love to the infinite good of the red team. And as I'm sure you suspected, there she is. The lady that's mad at me for, I don't know what, playing the game how you're supposed to play it? I don't know. She screams out, Pete, there's the guy. There's the guy that was shooting me. Then Pete comes out of the shadows and punches me across the face. It happened so fast. (sighs) I've only been punched twice in my life. That was the first time. And the second time was by my sister when we were playing Marco Polo in Jamaica. Marco! Polo? (sighs) Right in the face. I was stunned by this guy. So I didn't really feel the pain of his fist to my face, but it happened so fast. You know how they say when the moment becomes the moment, everything slows down? I could replay the punch in my head to my head whenever I want to, but in my memory, it happened super quick. Pete, there's the guy. Pete, there's the guy. Pete, there's the... You know what I'm saying. I hold my hand to my cheek just like they do in the movies, and I do what anyone does when they get punched in the face. I run to my dad. I come outside. Pop, I just got hit in the face, and his name was Pete. Dad loses it instantly and disappears into like the child-made sauna. And then, who comes out next is my brother with a bloody nose. What? What we kind of figured out is that, like, mid-20s Pete, that likes to hit nine-year-olds, also had a lot of follow-through to his punch. My brother was on the red team as well, and he was watching the whole kerfuffle so close that Pete hits me in the jaw and nicks my brother in the nose. Laser Zone is a rough battleground, baby. (laughs) So, my very smart buddy doug looks at my brother's bloody nose and doug is like the internet before the internet he has just enough information to make him dangerous doug looks at my brother and says if that guy hits you in the nose hard enough the cartilage can go to your brain 
and you can die. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> what a mood killer. Meanwhile, Dad and Pete spill out into the lobby where everyone else is, and Dad's cussing him out. Pete's a grown man. He's as grown as a nine-year-old me, but Dad's a true giant hovering over Punch and Pete, just letting them have it. But thank goodness he, he never touches them or anything like that. We patch my brother up, we dry my tears, we go home for some cake and video games. A week later, little did I know, my dad involved the cops and wanted to press charges. I went with him to the detective officer or something, and I got to like briefly give my side of the story, you know? So, Mr. Officer, sir, I was on the green team, right? Like, who cares? <laughs> I'm sure I was super helpful. Then the cop was trying to persuade us not to take any further action. We were both like, why? Justice has to be served. My brother's nose, my pride. I tried to remind the cop, officer, do you know that if nose cartilage gets to your brain, you can die? Thanks, Doug. So he informed us that Pete and his lady were engaged and there was a baby on the way. That's right. These 20 somethings were having a lovely Friday night playing laser tag, yelling at a bunch of nine year olds that they ultimately punch while they're pregnant. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> no wonder Pete was extra protective. No wonder his princess wasn't on her best behavior. Hormones were flying around. Animalistic protective instincts were in the air. I get it. So the next year for my birthday, I went bowling. The year after that, though, laser tag and laser zone. Try to keep me away, Pete. And remember, every day can have a story that's amazing. And when you find it, we're all ears. Music